Hello and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the EFL Awards to my Second Tier Awards. It's Justin Peach. Good day to you, Ryan. Justin, how are you? I'm very, very excited. I, I'm really excited to... As you should be. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting, obviously... The next couple of days, once this episode get, gets released, is always an interesting time. Lots of debates and opinions go out, but don't take it personally, guys. This is a bit of fun. Of course it is, Justin. Of course he's talking about the second tier awards. It's that time of the season where me and Justin get suited and booted to discuss the best of the championship this season. The cream of the crop. We've both got our suits on. I'm wearing a bow tie. I will be honest, I am slowly suffocating to death. It is really grabbing around my neck right now and I may have to take it off at some point during the episode but for now we'll enjoy me being formal for the occasion because welcome to the number one championship specific podcast the second tier thank you for joining us wherever you are so what we're going to do is we're going to go through our team of the season first of all we'll talk about each individual who's been best in their position over the course of the season then we'll in part two we'll talk about awards like signing of the season goal of the season young player of the season and manager of the season and then of course player of the season I, we always leave that one till last but I feel like it's pretty obvious <laughs> this year who's going to win that one so we'll get we'll get onto all the great awards very shortly ladies and gentlemen but before we get underway let me tell you listener about our friends at Fansbets the fan-led sports betting company committed to supporting charities and causes which are important to fans do check them out by clicking the link in the description of this podcast and claim your 200% sports deposit bonus of up to £200 terms and restrictions apply full details on site 18 plus please do gamble responsibly visit begambleaware.org for more info and do also check out fans bet responsible gambling tools so we'll begin with team of the season and where else to start justin but with the goalkeeper the shot stopper the cat the number one in our team who have we gone for between the sticks the cat um yes it's this was a really difficult position i thought i was i was tearing my hair out but the one player that i couldn't move from my mind and I'm sure you might have been the same is Lee Nichols um, and the reason why we've chosen Lee Nichols is because of his sheer consistency um, in the Huddersfield net I know we can look at clean sheets for goalkeepers and go they kept all the clean sheets uh, the most clean sheets in the league you're the best keeper in the league it's not as cut and dry as that you could have a good defence you could have a good defensive team in front of you and you not have to do anything but actually Lee Nichols this season has shown when called upon, and he's been called upon quite a few times, when called upon, the saves he makes are, uh, are unreal. Statistically, he's the highest performing keeper in the league. His save percentage is the second highest behind um, Bree Samba. Um, he saved the most shots in the league, and obviously he's, he's kept clean sheets in the process. Um, just a wonderful, wonderful goalkeeper, and it's been great to see him push uh, push on this season. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just statistically either. When you watch him between the sticks, you see firsthand how many individual points he saved for Huddersfield this season. And I think that's one of the um, biggest compliments you can give to a goalkeeper, that he has individually won points for your side. Um, But statistically, the stats completely blow me out of the water, Justin, how um, he's managed to provide the stats that he has done over the course of the yeah. season is just remarkable he's made so many key saves this one 
I, I'm going to disagree with you. I think this one was quite easy, actually. Um, Honourable mentions, Mark Travers, he's been sterling across the course of the season. Mm-hmm. I think Nichols has just topped him. It was between those two for goalkeeper of the season, wasn't it? But Travers, um, while he's done a fantastic job behind a Bournemouth defence that doesn't concede many shots, he's still won points on his own. Nichols has just done it consistently over the course of the season, Anti. Yeah, he's spot on. And, and as I say, He's been so important for Huddersfield this season. His ability with the ball at his feet is really important as well. Um, he, he's he's always barking out orders. He, he, he's such a um, an underrated goalkeeper. And I think uh, we got to a point in in March where there was a bit of a goalkeeping crisis with the England camp, and Huddersfield fans were calling on um, Gareth Southgate to look look their way for Lee Nichols, which is a testament to his form and ability this season. It's a bit of a stretch, but if if you get promoted into the Premier League this season, Huddersfield. Might be in for a shout next season. It wouldn't be undeserved, would it? And that's no. that's the crazy thing. You've got to play amazingly well to get into the national side when you're playing in the championship. But Nichols, it would not be, it would not surprise me at all if he did get a call up for England in the near future. Justin right back, we've got Nottingham Forest's Jed Spence, and this is, if you said this at the start of the season to anybody that this guy who was being loaned out by Middlesbrough just Middlesbrough were not too bothered about him at all he'd get into the championship team of the season is incredible isn't it but he's fully deserved it anti the partnership mm-hmm. that he's had with Brennan Johnson on that right hand side has been excellent but going forwards is where he's really stood out across the course of the season there aren't many fullbacks in the division who are better with the ball at his feet when he's running at defenders than Jed Spence. His crossing's top-notch but defensively he's been excellent as well and he's the all-round package Jed Spence and it's no surprise at all to see him being linked with some big big clubs this summer. Yeah it's absolutely crazy he was a spare part at Borough wasn't he? He was a squad player he didn't really know what to do with him and I think everybody thought with this loan to Forest it was just an easy way to, to maybe um, maybe move a player off the books to to get one in from a borough perspective, but it's worked out in all favour for, for both parties, for all parties actually, because his value has just skyrocketed from a Middlesbrough perspective. Jed Spence has played consistent football and has shown his ability each week, and Forrest have profited from that in in the sense of results and performances that he's given. But one thing we've always said about Jed Spence um, earlier on in the season is defensive game can can improve a little bit. And it has done. Under Steve Cooper, he's gone from strength to strength to strength. And being a wing back, you've got to be really switched on. But um, his ability to read the read the plays, his, his ball interceptions, really, really good. He gets himself in between de- um, defenders, uh, sorry, attackers, and, and the goal, making a lot of blocks. And the, uh, how he contributes to play, he's a good dribbler, and he gets fouled often, which is which is a very good attribute to have in a, uh, have in, a in a strange way. Wonderful, wonderful player, and I'm, I'm so excited to see how he develops. Yeah, there aren't many fullbacks. In, who are English as well, who are as exciting as him. He's just brilliant to watch. And I don't think there's a player who's benefited more from Steve Cooper coming in. Maybe Ryan Yates, actually. But I don't think there's been a player at Forest who's benefited more from Steve Cooper coming in than Jed Spence because his career has gone... It's just skyrocketed since Cooper's come mm-hmm. in. Honourable mentions, Isaiah Jones, obviously. <laughs> Jed Spencer's <Yeah>. replacements <laughs> at Middlesbrough. So weird that Middlesbrough have got two of the best <laughs> full-backs or right-backs, rather, in uh, the division. And Sober Thomas was another one as well. Is he a right-back? Is he a right-winger? You know, debatable. But um, either way, he 
definitely deserves a mention in this side because he's been fantastic for Huddersfield, the chance-creating machine that he is. <laughs> Let's go to centre-back, Justin. Who's the first centre-back we've got? This this isn't really any surprise. It's it's Tosin Adarabayo, and the reason why I've picked him is because he's Tosin Adarabayo. He's a man mountain. He's so good with the ball at his feet, um, and he's a, he's. I know we can look at Mitrovic and go, "You scored all the goals. You were so good attacking Fulham. You didn't really need to defend." But having someone like Tosin Adarabayo in your defence, where you can trust him to sweep up and no disrespect to Tim Ream. There's going to be a lot of sweeping, I think. Um, uh, you know, Tim Ream's well revered at Craven Cottage, but he has a mistake in him. But Tosin O'Brien is always there. Um, he reads the game well. He's such a young lad as well. Um, I, I'm, I'm absolutely astounded that a Premier League club didn't come in for him last summer. But then again, his value will be that high. Fulham are, Fulham are well protected in that sense. And it's done them done them the world of good. And, and yeah, statistically best defender in the league best centre half in the league from my opinion I've, I've got no more words to say about him I absolutely love him he's no, he's not a championship player should be nowhere near the championship needs to be playing in the top half in the Premier League in the next year or two yeah he's one of them who I feel gets overlooked by yeah. Premier League sides because he has just been so rock solid at the back hasn't he um, Fulham's defence has been a bit choppy and change across the course of the season but one yes. of the reasons why it has been one of the best defences in the division is because of the consistency that Adara Bayo has shown because he is just a male mountain at the back Um Defensively, you can't hold anything against him, but he is also really good with the ball at his feet. Um, he is the complete package as a centre-half. And if Fulham are going to stand any chance of going up next season, of course, they're going to be relying on the likes of Mitrovic and Wilson going forwards. But they need someone as rock-solid as Tosin Adarabayo at the back. And he has been really, really really good for them and he's got so much developing to do as well because as you say he is still so young um, let's go to centre-back number two Justin we've gone for Luton's Cal Naismith now you were just saying that Adara Bayo's been the best centre-half in the division for you this season I'm, I'm disagreeing I think Naismith has been the best <laughs> defender in the division this season everyone always says to me the one thing that's amazing about Luton is they aren't there aren't any stars in the sides. The whole team is just a huge team effort and there isn't one player who stands out above the rest. And that is true to an extent, but I think if there is one player who does stand out above the rest, it is Cal Naismith because he has been so good at the back for Luton this season. There's a re reason they call him Caldini because <laughs> he, does the, he, he does the work that you don't really notice so well as well. But he's also chipped in with some really really important goals of course there was the one against Bournemouth earlier in the season from the edge of the box he scored a penalty not long ago as well at both ends of the pitch he's been really really good um, and yeah as I say best defender in the division for me this season Justin yes it's a really good argument um, I would edge with 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 Tosin Adarabai, but Cal Naismith, Cal Naismith is is fully deserving of this place um, in, in these awards uh, I, I absolutely love him I've got I've not got a bad word to say about Cal Naismith. The way he conducts himself on the pitch is absolutely incredible. He's he's so versatile, and I think having a player like him, every every single team needs a player like him. But I tell you what, full respect to Cal Naismith for becoming this ridiculously efficient, consistent ball playing defender. Because I didn't know he had that in him, and I'm I'm completely taken aback by how how well he's played this season. Um, and as I say, he's, he's slotted in, um, in, in in three positions, centre-half. He's played just in front of the defence as well recently. Um, and the way he conducts himself in post-match interviews as well is, is absolutely brilliant. He just gets it. He just understands what it means to that football club. Um, 
And, you know, he's fully deserving. As I say, performances have been out of this world this season. And one final thing I'll say is it was absolutely disgraceful that he wasn't included in the official <laughs> EFL Awards team of the season. If anything goes to show that they pander to the bigger sides in the division, then it's that because Cal Smith fully deserves to be in everyone's team of the season. Honourable mentions, there are so many for centre-half, yeah. Justin. Yeah. Honestly, you could have picked five other centre-halves um, because there have been so many brilliant performers across the course of the season. Joe Worrell, Lloyd Kelly, Darren Lenahan, Levi Colwell. Curtis Davis deserves a shout for me. We had him in our halfway team of the season and him not being included here isn't saying that his performance have, you know, gone down across the course of the season. He's just been brilliant um, over the past 12 months. Played every minute as well. Yeah, and he's the main reason why Derby have had come close to staying up because they've kept home so many clean sheets um, and he's probably had arguably his best season of his career. Left-back, Justin. This is always an interesting one for us, isn't it? Because I don't know what it is about left-backs. I've listened back to our teams of the season from the past couple of seasons mm-hmm. recently, and we always seem to struggle with it. But I think there is one standout for the two of us this season. Who have we gone for? It's to you, Mr Toffolo. Harry Toffolo of, uh, of Huddersfield Town. Uh, he's incredible. He's, he, for a player who was cast aside by Norwich um, uh, and actually had to rise through the leagues again with, with Lincoln and the Cowleys and he's come to Huddersfield and he's just he's just been brilliant and probably earlier in the season again he probably went under the radar and he's really come to the fore recently with, maybe because his his goal record but actually his overall his overall uh, overall plays is absolutely incredible for a wing back and he's exactly what you need in a wing back defensively really good going forward he contributes you know he scored six goals brilliant but from wing back you you want them contributing to their attacking play. He's got seven assists as well. Doesn't take set pieces. You know, Sorba Thomas has been so good for Huddersfield, but he obviously he takes set pieces, so it's quite easy for him to to pick up assists. But um, Harry Toffolo getting in behind the defenders, linking up with with the forward play, um, brilliant. As I say, again, another big reason as to why Huddersfield have, have kept clean sheets and winning games by 1-0, 2-0 quite, uh, quite a few times this season. He's, he's, he's so, so good. And I don't think anyone's got near him to be honest with you in that left back slot yeah I really really agree Um, he's been great he's someone I've been a big fan of for quite some time now when he came uh, through at Lincoln I was hoping quite well I thought loads of championship clubs would be having a look at him and it ended up being Huddersfield who got him and he's just someone who's been getting better and better um, during the time that he's been there going forwards excellent scoring goals there was that worldie the other week one there with his yeah. right foot from 25 yards out bizarrely uh, but that was a great goal um, assists as well but defensively he's rock solid he is another player who is just a complete package both going forwards and defensively he's really really solid Um, and the scary thing is he's only 26 so he's reaching his prime years now so Huddersfield Mm -hmm. have got such a good player on their hands he's someone I've been a big fan of for many many years and as I say seems to get better and better as each season goes by the honourable mentions for this Anthony Robinson he was included in the EFL team of the season once um I think Toffolo was sorely looked overlooked for that award, mm-hmm. but Anthony Robertson deserves credit uh, for the season he's had as well. Let's go to midfield, Justin. We'll start off with the right wing position. Who have we got here? Uh, yeah, this was a source of a lot of debate, um, and it was, it was a real struggle. But we, we've gone with we've gone with Andy Vyman um, at Bristol City, and there's a there's a the real reason why. And, um, and it's the reason why you, why you picked Ryan. Just the amount of goals and assists he's had 
this season for a team who have been struggling, um, who have underwhelmed hugely. Um, it's, it's been absolutely absolutely bonkers and he's especially after the new year uh, especially after new year he's, he's he's hit another level he's become at the age of 30 31 he's become such a ruthless finisher um he, he's you could probably put it against him that he's quite a wasteful player but this season he's been absolutely deadly um his link up play with chris martin and, and antoine semenyo is is almost uh, telepathic um just absolutely incredible works hard as well such an unselfish player Again, someone who's overlooked um, uh, from the rest of the division, I think. Just yeah, the amount of goals and assists he's had, you can't overlook him at, uh, on that right side. It's it, it is difficult to overlook someone who has scored and assisted that, this many goals across the course of the season. Into I can't recall. I may have to go back through the archives, but I can't recall a player who's had thirty-two goal contributions in a season for a side that have been so poor across the course of the season. It, it's absolutely bizarre, but. The more you think about it, if you do leave Andy Vyman out this team, then you're doing yourself a disservice, really, just because he has been so good across the course of the season. As you were saying, he has, mainly during the most part of his career, been quite a wasteful player. Mm-hmm. But his stats this season are absolutely remarkable. His his um, goal conversion rate is out of this world. So how where it's come from, I have no idea. But if it wasn't for him, then Bristol City would 100% be involved in a relegation battle more than they would have across the course of the season. But he's just, I'm laughing because having a season like this that's come out of nowhere in a side that's struggling is just incredibly, incredibly remarkable, Justin. Yeah, and I think something that really needs to be pointed out is we could have put him in any position on this um, team this season yeah. because he's literally played in pretty much any position, every position, sorry, for Bristol City. He's played at right back, he's played central midfield, he's played right mid, he's played a central attacking role and he's played up front as well. Um, and if you're, if you're having to put a, a striker who's your top goal scorer this year, I think Nigel Pearson actually put him right, right wing back not too long ago. Not only are you trusting him to get into good positions anyway, but also what does that say about that player who is... A selfish striker, in inverted commas. All strikers are selfish, aren't they? Yeah. Andy Vyman isn't that. He's he's just he's just um, he's, he's the definition of a team player. Put him anywhere, he'll he'll give you a job. He'll do you a shift. Um, yeah, just 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 wow, absolutely wow, brilliant, brilliant yeah. player, brilliant he, season. And he runs his socks off as well. He is a yeah. manager's dream, isn't he? Um, because you can't put him anywhere. He will put 110% into every performance um, and that's why every manager would love to have him in their side the first centre midfielder we've gone for Justin is Lewis O'Brien a unanimous decision from us one I don't think there's a better ball winning midfielder in the division than Lewis O'Brien this season the stats back it up as well but it's not just that either um, it's what he brings to the rest of the team as well in terms of bringing the ball forwards out of defence um, winning the ball back and then driving his team forwards uh, the incisive passes that he can do as well he's another one who's a manager's dream isn't he um, But because he doesn't do the work that's going to grab the headlines he does the stuff that managers and people in the game will really really appreciate and <laughs> Just add it all up. He's only twenty three as well. Wow, mm-hmm. what a what a season he's had, and what a player. He's a massive shit ass as well. Um, yeah. And for a team who keeps a lot of clean sheets, you you need those players in your teams. Lee Nichols falls under that category as well with his time wasting um, and his and his yellow card record. Um, yeah, Lewis O'Brien. I don't think there's too much we can say about him that we didn't say um, in our halfway team of the season. 
just because I mean you, you summed it up perfectly. He's, he's a manager's dream. Um, central midfield, he covers every blade of grass, which you need just central midfielders to do. He's, he's Corbrand. He's the perfect player for the style of football that Corbrand plays because when they decide to press, he can lead the press and he bites. He turns possession over and gets gets Huddersfield rolling forwards with the ball. And they have had to adapt a little bit this season where they aren't as as, as open and pressing as they have been. Um, well, last as they were last season because the amount of goals they conceded, they have tightened up a lot um, and they do hit teams on the counter more often. Lewis O'Brien central that I don't think this team could function in the way it does without him in that midfield. And considering they are third in the table and have a, 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 will have finished third in the table and going into the playoffs as maybe favourites, it's debatable. I'd consider them favourites. Um, isn't just down to O'Brien, but he's a massive, massive factor in that. Yeah, and Huddersfield better hope they get promoted because otherwise there's going to be a lot of interest from the Premier League in him. But I don't think any Huddersfield fan would hold it against him if he were to go to the Premier League because that's where he's destined to play at some point. Our other centre midfielder, Justin, is Chris Willock of QPR. Now, you had to take a bit of persuading to put Chris Willock in your team. Um, Mm. I think that may be, and this is by no means a criticism, Justin, I think that may be partly down to recency bias because... The fact is, if you think about it across the course of the season, Chris Willock has been a driving force for QPR. About springtime up to that point, QPR were the third best team in the division. But they weren't actually playing that well. And the only reason they were in that position was because of the magic of Chris Willock and to a lesser extent, Elias Chair. Chris Willock got QPR out of so many bad positions on so many occasions. And to cast your mind back to around wintertime, Justin, how often did we mention Chris Willock in every single episode because of him pulling off a worldy performance or pulling off a piece of magic from absolutely nowhere? If it wasn't for Chris Willock, then QPR would have been nowhere near the playoffs across the course of the season. Across the course of, the season. of course, they've ended up finishing miles away from the playoffs anyway. But Chris Willock has just been incredible for them this season. Yeah, I'll make my point first. I'll, I, this is probably the only one I'll, I'll vehemently disagree with you on. But there's no denying um, the influence and impact Chris Willock's had this season on QPR. And you bear in mind, I think they only signed him for 500k. Um, it really, well, it wasn't much money anyway, and they're gonna they're gonna get a lot more than that if they if they do decide to cash in at some point. But I think I just I go back to that Birmingham. A uh, game at St Andrews where he was just, uh, just completely unplayable. He's one of those players where he is completely unplayable, and he's he's been that type of player very consistently this season. Um, he's picked up eleven assists as well in a in a team that um, that have needed him, that have, that have needed him, that have needed that spark. Uh, this, he has been brilliant, and you are right. Recency bias does have an impact, but there's there's probably one player that I would pick ahead of him, um, unfortunately. But this is it. You can reveal that in your honourable mentions, Justin. <laughs> uh, left wing, we've gone for Harry Wilson of Fulham. Um, yes, Fulham fans, we hadn't forgotten him. Don't worry about that. The, the reason we've got him left wing is because, obviously, he's played just about every game on the right this season. But it's our team of the season, so shove it. Um, the, the, the thing is, <laughs> I, I would feel uncomfortable leaving out either Wilson or Vyman in this team, Justin. So we had to put yeah. them both in, didn't we? And had to shove one of them out on the left wing, despite them not not, not being their specialised position across the course of the season. But we had to include him, didn't we? Oh, did, the amount of assists and goals he's made. And again, 
Um, a certain striker who may or may not be in this team of the season who plays alongside Harry Wilson, not giving anything away. Um, <laughs> Imagine if we he... didn't include him. <laughs> <laughs> all, will be, all will be revealed, uh, dear listeners. Um, I don't think that that striker who scored a large number of goals this season scores as many goals uh, as he did without Harry Wilson in the team because it's not just that final pass it's what he does to the team in the final third his close control his ability to draw fouls as well um, he's, he's, a, he's a wonderful wonderful player and it's really worth pointing out that this is a very fluid 4-4-2 um, uh, if we were to play Fort Major or, or FIFA it would be very interchangeable position wise um, but yeah Harry Wilson he's magic he's, he's just absolutely magic and he's a player who deserves another season in the Premier League because I don't think he was particularly poor for Bournemouth in his loan season there uh, I think he should have got a chance if it wasn't for a high price tag from Liverpool and I think he would have got that chance as well so definitely deserves a shot with Fulham and if he's got Andrew, uh, um, we need to give it away if he's got a certain striker putting in chances then he's certainly going to get more assists in the Premier League <laughs> well he's got 19 assists this season which I think is often not talked about enough because yeah. it's the most in the division and the most ever at championship level is 21 so he's not a million miles off that but he's put them on a plate for Mitrovic so many times across the course of this season and his other teammates as well he has really had a coming of age season and I think he is one of those players who maybe his performances don't get talked about enough because he is Harry Wilson. You expect him to put in the season that he has done. Um, but he's arguably even outdone the expectations that were put on him. Um, so anyone who wouldn't include him in the team of the season needs to add checking. Yeah, I, a point I would want, I, I'd want to add. I I tend to get uncomfortable with giving top goal scorers player of the season awards. Obviously, Mitrovic got that for the, from the EFL. For me, if if Mitrovic doesn't score the goals he does, Harry Wilson is by far the the player of the season this season um, in the championship. Just just the, the goals and assists record is just absolutely insane. Key passes, everything, completely bonkers season uh, from him. Not really surprising given the talent and and um, swagger Fulham play of going forwards, but you've got to step up and be counted, and Harry Wilson has. Yeah. Won't argue with the, with you on that. Honourable mentions: Brennan Johnson, Fabio Carvalho, Morgan Gibbs, White, Phil Billing, John Swift. All have had amazing seasons. Honestly, it was really hard to pick the midfield this season. Once it, who was the player you were arguing for in centre mid, Justin? Oh, I I think Phil Billing should have been in in central midfield um, ahead of Chris Willock. I just think um, his ability to do different roles for Scott Parker and bear in mind, oh, I hate I hate digging dig him out, but Scott Parker hasn't enabled certain players to reach their peaks this season, probably apart from Solanke. Um, so for Billing to be as good as he has been this season in a system that doesn't get the best out of individuals, I think is 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 absolutely unreal. Um, and I do think he deserves a shout. And for a big lad, he moves very well. I think that goes overlooked as well. Personally, I'd have put Fabio Carvalho ahead of him. It's quite remarkable, actually, isn't it, that Fabio Carvalho is not even in this team. Um, even Brennan Johnson, how how's he not in this team? But he just the players who you put in, you're like, oh, well, they've got to be in. So it, it's such a hard task. We've had a good season, this. haven't we? In terms we've of had a, a yeah. The the individual talents that we've seen this season has been astonishing. Um, I I think it's the best we've seen. Since certainly since we've been covering the championship, Justin. Yeah. Let's go to the strikers, Justin. I wonder who we've picked here. Yeah, can we please just get it out of the way, guys? Yes, I've nearly given it away twice now, so I'm just I'm just going to say it. Go on. Not Charlie Austin. It's Alexander Mitrovic. 
What? <laughs> Metro? Yeah. Whoa. yeah. Um, um, what can we say? Uh, do, do we really need to waste much time on this, Justin? It'll be very quick, won't it? A um, lot of goals. A lot of goals, yeah. that helps. Um, but I also think the fact that the way spearheads the attack, um, his, his, his role in that Fulham team has changed this season. Um, Marcus Hill has got him, got him dropping into spaces with his back to goal. And I think that's really helped um, Fulham get up to pitch because um, I don't think there's a more awkward player to defend against, to be honest with you, than Mitrovic. Uh, yeah. Again, just didn't be- save it, save it. All right, he scores lots of goals. Yeah, you'll be surprised, listener, to know that we may be mentioning him again later in the episode. And let's go to our other striker, Justin, and it's Dominic Solanke of Bournemouth. He's finished the season on 29 goals. Only three strikers in championship history have scored more goals in a season than him. Unfortunately for Mr. Slanky, one of those strikers is from this season. Because if it wasn't for that striker, then he would be getting so much more credit this season, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would. And uh, again, if I'm going to credit Scott Parker of anything, it's getting Solanke playing the perfect number nine role because his ability to play with his back to goal, um, his dribbling capabilities as well, brilliant. His finishing, the way he runs from the left and he can slot the ball into the keeper's left on the far far, far right and corner um, is is it's almost a copy and, uh, copy and paste job from him this season, just how how often he's doing it. Yeah, brilliant player. Scored some massive, massive goals. Um, and he's had to spearhead the attack this season. Well, the first half of the season, didn't have Kiefer Moore. Um, and he was, you know, had Jamal Lowe uh, as a backup option. But he was he was basically on his own. And he's he's almost played every minute as well. Um, such a, such a reliable player. And as I say, credit to Scott Parker for turning him into an absolute animal up front because he has been. For someone to have played every single minute as well, when you watch Solanke's game, he puts in a lot of work on the pitch as well. So I think that's one aspect that doesn't get praised enough. But I think this has been the coming-of-age season for Dom Solanke. We've always known about his potential. He's finally starting to live up to it because there were question marks before about his goal scoring, whether he was this clinical finisher. Um, because we mm-hmm. could all see he's got the legs, um, he's got the physicality to be a top player. It was actually just about putting the ball in the back of net, which was a problem earlier in his career. This season, it's just not at all, has it? And if Bournemouth are going to stand any chance of staying up next season, he'll have to be as clinical as he has been this year, maybe even more so. So, yeah, yeah he, he's had a really good season. 29 goals should speak for itself. But uh, when you're comparing it to 44 goals or 43 goals, <laughs> however many it was, um, he kind of uh, shrouds in comparison, doesn't it? Honourable mentions, Joel Pirro. I think he definitely deserves a mention, doesn't he? Because he'd probably be included yes. if it wasn't for a normals, uh, if it wasn't for the two strikers ahead of him. And also Ben Brereton-Diaz, of course. I felt bad leaving him, him out, Justin, obviously the first half of the season, he was unplayable, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Second he was. half of the season, injury, a drop in form, saw his goals ta- tail off, um, which is unfortunate. And I was close to putting him in the team anyway, but I, I think he definitely deserves a mention at the very least, doesn't he? Yeah, without doubt. And it's it's the story of the season, bar none. It's, it's been absolutely incredible watching him become the player I think everybody expected him to be especially after that Arsenal performance in the FA Cup not um, quite a few years ago for Forest where he tore Mertesacker a new one almost basically retired him um, yeah it's, it's been remarkable and I hope that he can he can find that form again because I don't think it's just down to him and his form tailing off but Blackburn's form tailed off massively which is unfortunate for him because you know, strikers rely on a good supply and he's, he's not he's not been uh, he's not had that much product to, to go off 
one final thing just before we have a break. Um, Bournemouth fans may be wondering why we've only got one Bournemouth player in here. Obviously, they finished second this season. Um, why have we only got one Bournemouth player in the team? Well, do you want my honest opinion? or Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Um, yeah. I, well, it's, Mark Travers is very unfortunate. So he'd, he'd have certainly been in. But um, I think... I just think it's Parker's inability to unlock the, the real potential of of certain individuals. Um, again, I'd, I'd have put Billing in, in my team of the season alongside Solanke. Um, but yeah, it just it just for me there has been a, a, a real um, inability to, as I say, unlock the uh, potential of individuals in that team. I think Gary Cahill and Lloyd Kelly first half of the season. They'd have carried on their form. They'd have certainly been in it because they were so so good in that first half of the season. Um, they have had injuries as well, where players haven't been able to to hit their peaks either. But yeah, certainly for me, Scott Parker had a leash on on that team. There were three players who are very unfortunate to miss out on the team of the season. One there, one was Mark Travers at the back. The other one was Phil Billing, and then the other one was Lloyd Kelly in defence as well. Yeah. So there were three players there who only just missed out. Um, but then there were also. The rest of the time, the rest of the team has been rotated so much, hasn't there? That True. there hasn't really yeah, been yeah, much yeah. consistency from the other players to you know really step up and make their name and earn a place in this team. So I, I think that's what I'd say to Bournemouth fans: three players unfortunate to miss out. Solanke speaks for himself. The others just not playing in the team consistently enough to earn their place. If you see what I mean. Yeah, and I think the the players that you mentioned have been sort of the linchpin of of Bournemouth this season. The the spine of that team: Travis Kelly, uh, Billing, and Slanky. Obviously, three of them only just missed out. But the way we put this team together is is we look at individuals and how good they've been as individuals and how important they've been for their teams. And obviously, all the stats come into it as well. Um, so that's sort of how we came to it. But as I say, uh, over over rotation and a, and, a, and a big old leash. That's that's the main reason. Justin, let's have a break. After that, we'll go on to signing of the season, goal of the season, young player of the season, manager of the season, and of course, player of the season. Welcome back to the Second Tier Podcast. Justin, still comfy? No, I... Not been comfy. Not been comfy the whole entire time we've been recording. My uh, shirt take... is unbuttoned. My shirt is unbuttoned. My clothes smell musty because they've been in a wardrobe, and my bow tie isn't even tied on properly, so it's falling down. I've made a lot of effort today. I um, have taken off my blazer now because I'm absolutely roasting. Recording in a blazer is not comfy at all. Um, bow tie has stayed on despite me slowly losing air, but we shall just go on with the podcast and hope that I don't just pass out halfway through let's go on to signing of the season Justin um, we'll say we're only including permanent signings in this of course plenty of loan players have been amazing this season so who is the signing of the season for us Justin it's none other than that man Lee Nichols picking up another accolade and the reason why is well he arrived on a free transfer from MK Dons uh, while I was at MK Dons, he was second choice, and uh, yeah, Corbrand was left with no choice but to stick him in that team after uh, some really, uh, to be polite, underwhelming performances from Ryan Schofield. Um, a Fulham game springs to mind, um, but Lee Nichols is fully deserving this. You, you talk about value for money and importance to a team. Lee Nichols is, is streets ahead of pretty much everybody in this uh, in the championship. Free transfer, as I say, 
one of the statistically the, statistically the best goalkeeper in the division. I think I think there's much else we can say other than what a what a signing, just absolutely monumental signing. It really has been. Yeah, and as you say, the fact that he wasn't even first choice at MK Dons is mm-hmm. amazing. It's absolutely incredible, <laughs> isn't it? Um, but he, he, him taking his chance and you know making it count is just, I, I suppose it's kind of encouragement, isn't it, to players who don't play yeah. regularly for their sides. Now, if you take your chance, then look what can happen. You could be mm-hmm. Lee Nichols, who, in my opinion, will end up being a Premier League goalkeeper, maybe even an England goalkeeper in the future. Um, but yeah, remarkable season from him. Honourable mention, Ben Brereton Diaz. He was a great replacement for Ben Brereton at Blackburn. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, Blackburn exploited the Chilean market. What can I say? Um, goal of the season, Justin. There have been some proper screamers and worldies this season, haven't there? Which one stood out above the rest for us? As soon as I saw this goal, I was like, there's nothing that comes close to this for me. And I immediately said, that's goal of the season. That's George Baldock's first, I can't remember who it was against now. It's gone flat, Swansea. hasn't it? But it, Swansea. But it, the scissor kick, the way he meets it on the volley. Oh my God. I I don't goal gather very often, but that is one that just gets me every time. It is um, from a right back as well. I, I don't know how to describe it without getting football aroused. It's just... <laughs> It's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, and I can't think of any other goal. I, it was the, the quickest one for me was George Baldock's that came to my head. It's just ridiculous. Do you get footballery aroused very often? Not very often, but that George Baldock one just hits me different. It is a wonderful, wonderful piece of <sighs> sports film. I don't know. Makes me emotional. Aesthetically pleasing is the best way to describe it. I watched it a couple of times before we started recording here just to remind myself of how beautiful it is. But it really is a proper thing of beauty, isn't it? And I'm the same as you. As soon as I saw that, I thought, that's goal of the season right there. I can't see how anything else can top it. it. The thing is, right, even if he just hit it on the volley and it just went into the bottom corner, That'd be fine. That would be a perfectly good goal and maybe even a goal of the season contender in itself. But the fact that he's done a scissors kick in the process as well um, to gain even more air on it as well Um, and the fact it's gone in after crashing in off the crossbar just makes it all the more aesthetically pleasing and it makes it look so much better. Um, But it was such a good goal, Justin. And I was just looking then, he's only scored five goals in a Sheffield United shirt. He he will never score a better goal than that. And I'm not sure Sheffield United will ever score a better goal than that because it was incredible. It was. It was. And as I say, I can't talk about it too much because I won't finish the the episode. Um, But it's... (laughs) It really is an incredible goal, and it probably is one of the best ones I've seen since we've been covering, um, since we've been covering the championship. Um, it's, it's just absolutely outrageous. The, the scissor kick. How often do we see scissor kicks get get pulled off, and how often do we see them go in with such ferocity and power the way that did? It was a full volley as well, which is just absolutely unreal. Not much else I can say about it other than take a bow, son. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give you a minute to just let yourself calm down after thinking about that goal too much, Justin. Young player of the season, we've gone for Fabio Carvalho of Fulham. Um, Remarkable season, absolutely astonishing season that he's had. 
even more incredible when you think to yourself that this guy, this was his first full season at this kind of level, but 19 years old, has been such an important cog in the Fulham goal-scoring machine that it is. Um, Mitrovic has thrived off the chances that Carvalho has made as well as the likes of Wilson etc um, but it's just his driving forwards of the team his goal threats that he provides himself the complete number 10 isn't he Justin and he's obviously been linked with a move to Liverpool honestly I can tell you right now if he does go to Liverpool expect him to see him in the first team next season because he is that good I, I think he's absolutely incredible. Um, I, I was so glad I got to watch him <clears throat> in the flesh. Uh, I know Fulham lost the game against Derby, but just his in-game intelligence, his ability to pick up spaces and ghost, he's, he's untraceable, he's untrackable. Touch tight with him, he will, he will lose you. It doesn't matter who he is, you could be giving him a piggyback and you will lose him. Uh, it's just absolutely incredible the way he moves around the pitch so effortless, effortlessly. Um, and as you say, 10 goals this season, 8 assists. It's quite an easy thing to do in that Fulham team, but he's 19 years old and he's stepped up in that Fulham team. I think it's, it's it's yeah, it's just absolutely incredible. And when you've got big, big nations like Portugal and England fighting over you for your nationality as well, you're going places, aren't you? I just hope that he can really maintain his level of development because, again, he... I mean, from an outside perspective, he came from nowhere, didn't he? I know, I'm, I'm sure Fulham fans would have been well aware of him and his potential. But yeah, from an outside perspective, he came from nowhere, and I'm sure Fulham would be kicking themselves that he wasn't tied down to a to a deal because he's a, a longer term deal because he's going to be worth, I don't know, twenty, thirty million pounds, forty million pounds. Worth, not even worth thinking no, it's about. Not. Just in, it's he's not, going to be it? worth a hell of a lot of money. Uh, he's such a beautiful player to watch, and. I hope he does go to Liverpool because I think that's the kind of club that will really get the best out of him as well and make him fulfil his potential because boy, oh boy, has he got a lot of potential. <laughs> Manager of the season, Justin. This has proven to be quite a contentious run online because Nathan Jones won it in the official EFL Awards. <laughs> but there's been plenty of contenders this season. I'm thinking of the likes of um, Carlos Corbran, Wayne Rooney, Neil Critchley, who... In, I think normal seasons probably would have had a decent shout of winning it themselves. Mm. But we've gone for Steve Cooper at Forest, haven't we? Why have we gone for Stevie Coops? Yeah, Steve Steve Cooper, just what a job he's done at the city ground. It's it's madness, really. To consider where he took um, where he took over, when he took over and where Forest were. They were in disarray, the fan base was split. There was there was a lot of unrest amongst the supporters and and the ownership and I mean rightly so because the, the club was was directionless for a long time. Upsteps Steve Cooper unites the club, gets them into the playoffs. They go into um, go into the almost the, the second to last game of the season in a shout of finishing the automatics. Forest haven't been anywhere near that level for twelve years, 10, 10 12 years. Um, and, and considering his points per game record, if he had those seven games that Chris Hutton had. Forest would have been title winners. Obviously, it's not as cut and dry as that, but if you're going on basic maths, they would have won the title. Well, exactly. Yeah, the, the stats prove it, back it up, don't they? That across the course of the season, they've been a promotion winning side, um, which is incredible when you've got a side who had the one point from seven games. Justin cannot mention that enough. The nearest manager who um, comes close to manager of the season for me is Carlos Corbran because he took Huddersfield from relegation fighting to the playoffs in the space of a season but Steve Cooper did it in less time than that he did it when the season was actually going that's true which is amazing so the job he's done this season I doubt we'll ever see anything like it again at this level mm -hmm. says a lot how he's 
reunited the fan base there. Everyone, you won't find a Forest fan who is not completely one million percent Steve Cooper. And you've got to be a bloody good manager to finally break the Forest manager curse of a manager getting sacked every season. Obviously, there's still half a year to go before it happens, (laughs) but he's going to break it into because he's done such a good job in that time. And hopefully it's topped off with promotion because if any club deserves to be in the Premier League after all this time, it's got to be Forest because they're too big not to be back in the Premier League at some point, haven't they? Player of the season, Justin, I wonder who we've gone for here. It's Alexander Mitrovic at Fulham. Meh. Um, <laughs> what a way to end such a glorious show. Um, but let's just bask in his glory for a sec, shall we, Justin? Alexander Mitrovic, 43 goals this season. Not a surprise, is it? No, it isn't. Um, I think, yeah, if anyone scores if anyone scores over 30 goals, they're in a, well, they've, they've got to be in the in with a shout-off player of the season. Um, Mitrovic scored over 40 goals. And I think um, some of the posts that, 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 uh, that have gone out from the second-tier account... You've just got to think about it for a second. Just the amount of goals he scored in in a competitive league like the Championship. We all we all know how unpredictable and and, and competitive it is, and how difficult it is to get out of. Um, and he scored as many goals as he had. It's just astonishing. It's just astonishing. Um, and I don't think, I, I, honestly, I do not think we'll see it ever again. Um, I, I, I find it hard to to comprehend exactly what he's doing I don't think I don't think it will really hit home what he's done um, but from a championship level he's just been an absolute beast um, and I don't think anyone as I say I don't think anyone will get near it I really don't it's it's, such, it's going to be it's mission impossible for any striker to try and get near it yeah it 100% is the fact that Ivan Tony had the record before this season of 31 goals and Mitrovic has scored 12 more mm-hmm. it's just mental it's absolutely mental like when you actually sit down just have a proper think about it for a sec what he's done this season is just balmy absolutely ridiculous and he's also got seven assists he's got 50 goal contributions Justin in a season he's mental absolutely oh, disgusting he should be ashamed of himself for what he's done to championship defenders across the course of the season he's without a doubt the best championship striker ever isn't he I think that's the only yeah. conversation that's even worth having at this point but is is it even much of a conversation really because 43 goals in a season in itself is good but I mean, good. It's incredible. Um, but the goals that he scored in seasons past is also his tallies before were great. Mm-hmm. What else can you say? I don't think there's much else you can say. Um, I just think you've got to bask in, the, as you say, the bask in the glory of what, what what has happened. And he was open to leaving in the summer. I think there was a bid from Spartak Moscow, um, but Marco Silva convinced him to stay. And he, as I was saying earlier, changes all round game became a more complete number nine rather than just a, a, a an in-the-box number nine. And yeah, I think everything fell perfectly for him. Um, how Fulham played, Marcus Silva coming in, Harry Wilson coming in, uh, everything was absolutely perfect for him. And I mean, he wouldn't have got that that amount of goals without his teammates around him, but you've got to put those chances away. And boy, did he. And you look at his goal conversion rate as well. For someone to do it as consistently as he, as he has done, it's just... Wow. Never wow, oh, well. Yeah, there was anyone who doesn't have Mitrovic as the player of the season. I mean, what are you thinking? Usually I'm the same as you. I'd like to go for someone who's not a striker because I think it's just the easy way out into going for a striker every season. But there's no argument, is there? 
you can't yeah. go for anyone else other than the guy who scored 43 goals in a season. It's just mental. So, yeah, it, it was the obvious one. But what a way to finish off these second tier awards 2022, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back again on Sunday to talk about the playoff semi finals. Obviously, we've got the first leg coming up this weekend. Thoroughly looking forward to it because, as we say, it is our favourite time of the season here at the second tier. So we look forward to chatting about that with you on Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. If you've got any reaction to the awards, let us know who you've got for in your team of the season, player of the season, manager of the season, etc., etc. All of these seasons, let us know who you've gone for. Um, And we're very interested to hear what you guys have to say. But as always, this has been the second tier podcast. We'll be back again on Sunday. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. Thank you for listening. Oh, you're like, get me some fucking champagne. <laughs>